Hey, Sober Girls. Every life choice you make has an impact, and some choices are just easier than others. An easy choice for me has been adding Exact Nature CBD into my daily routine. Exact Nature's products can help curb cravings while promoting the positive changes in mood, focus, and my favorite, sleep. These are all part of getting and staying sober. They're available in oils, soft gels, and gummies, and in varying strengths and formulas. What I love most about Exact Nature is I know the quality is top tier and safe because their products are made by people in recovery for people in recovery. Go to exactnature.com to get 20% off your order. Use code SOBERGIRL20 at checkout. Being positive is a choice. Exact Nature just makes it easier. Welcome to a Sober Girl's Guide podcast, a lifestyle podcast based on sobriety and recovery. I'm your host and sober girl, Jessica Jabot. Inspired by my own sobriety and wellness journey, I want to spread the wealth of knowledge. Tune in each week for uncensored conversations about mental health, self-development, wellness and spirituality, and how they influence each guest's unique recovery journey. My goal is to educate and inspire and to let you know you are not alone on your recovery journey. Thanks so much for tuning in to a Sober Girls Guide podcast. Let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 236 of a Sober Girls Guide podcast. Now, I know what we're all thinking. When we get sober, it's going to be so boring. What is going to happen to our social life? How are we going to have fun? I get it. Everyone is concerned about the fun factor. But Grace is here and she's sober and she sure as heck is not boring. As a 26-year-old fresh out of university and living in New York City, Grace shares how she got and continues to stay sober and inspire women around the world to question their relationship with alcohol and if it's really bringing out the best in them. This is such a fantastic episode. Let's get into it. Grace, what is going on? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm so good. And I'm so excited to talk to you. I've been following you. I think we were just talking about how you have like influenced me to start running, which I mean, for real is like a huge feat in itself. Like, wow. But you just make it look so fun. Like all your pictures look so like fun and exciting and the community that you have around you is just so beautiful it's really oh yeah it's all about the community for sure yeah um I just don't take running too seriously that's why I think you know it comes off as fun and exciting because you know it's it's not for me about time or about you know the I guess the technique of it it's more just like getting out there and having fun yeah Totally. I mean, and listen, you're doing it. <laughs> the pictures and videos support that. I mean, come on, you got me running and I only run if I'm being chased. So there's that. <laughs> uh, Grace, I want to talk about, I, I know you're sober. You're a runner. You're doing the New York Marathon this weekend on Sunday. So exciting. Oh my God, yeah. Right. Are you pumped? Are you ready for it? Uh, I'm pretty amped about it. Um, 
mentally, I like know I can do it. And um, I think that's half the battle. Yes. Physically, I'm not as trained as I would like to be, but I'm also an alcoholic who's a perfectionist and, you know, wants to have every T crossed and I dotted. But you know what? It's going to be fun. I, I watched it last year and it was the energy is just insane in the city. It's like a huge party. The whole city kind of mm-hmm. shuts down and I have my family coming in, friends from out of town. Like it's just going to be one big party. So hopefully I don't croak on the course, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> to be continued. <laughs> exactly. To be determined, I guess. <laughs> um, I definitely want to talk more about uh the marathon and training for that. And like you said, it is a mental, like the mental aspect of it is, I don't know, like I would say 80% of it, like it's, it's so much, especially in like any kind of sport. Um, But I would like to talk about your BS grace first, your before sobriety grace and what she looked like and what all she entailed. Can you give us a little behind the scenes of BS Grace? Yeah, no, I'd love love to. She was, she was an interesting character. (laughs) Um, (laughs) She, you know, she was the life of the party. Um, Mm. She was definitely the drunkest. Um, I was always needing to be taken care of. Um, But yeah, my drinking really started, I'd say, when I went to college. Um, And it was kind of a work hard, play hard mentality. I was a dance major. So all of my courses, you know, I was just (laughs) sweating out all of the alcohol and drugs that I had done the night before, um, in class and in rehearsals. Um, and yeah, I mean, I thought I say this a lot, but I thought it was normal. Like the, Mm -hmm. the environment around me made it feel very safe and very, you know, status quo to be blacking out every night and, you know, waking up the next morning, figuring out where my stuff is and, you know, getting, getting to class or not going like, (laughs) you know, um, depending on how bad the hangover was. Um, yeah. And isn't that just part of like the ritual of like college or university, like the rite of passage, like, yeah, I think we've kind of grown up with this idea in mind. Like this is like, you know, transitioning from being like teenager into like young adult years. Like this is what happens. This is your rite of passage. Right. I thought this is what's supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely did it more than others, but I was like, this, this is normal. Um, yeah. And I just felt like very safe in my circle. And, you know, it started getting to a point where, you know, some consequences started happening and, I, I didn't really take a second look at it though. Um, okay. And I graduated in the midst of COVID. So I moved back home with my parents to finish yeah. out my senior year, which was kind of a disappointment. Um, Oof. Talk yeah. about a buzzkill. <laughs> right? Like for real. Like the last, yeah. The last four months or three yeah. months of college were just like, in my childhood bedroom on Zoom doing ballet. <laughs> like, oh my god! Like, how do you even do that? I mean, people were doing it in their kitchens. Like, it it was just it was kind of a hot mess. Yeah, um, and that's, that's wild. Exactly, I was as well. Like a hot mess. Um, yeah. And yeah, so when I 
moved back in with my parents, I realized like my drinking kind of wasn't normal because I was surrounded by people who like had a healthy relationship with alcohol. <laughs> um, and that's when I just started hiding my drinking and, you know, hmm. story oldest time, you know, once you start hiding it, it's like deep down, I knew I wasn't drinking normally, but I didn't want to admit my issue for a very long time. Um, yeah. Why do you think and, you didn't want you know, to admit it? Because like a lot of this, you're not the only one, right? Like you're not the only one who doesn't want to admit, you know, maybe something isn't working that they're using or doing in their lives. Like, what do you think it was? Why didn't you want to admit it? Admitting defeat is like, it's hard. It's scary too. Like all those years I used alcohol, yeah, to party and like have fun. Yeah. Um, but also to like cope with what I was dealing with. Um, and a lot of things that I hadn't addressed, like in my past or in my childhood, I would just drink to that. Um, hmm. And so now that I'm sober, I learned how to, you know, cope and deal with these emotions and these, you know, traumatic experiences and things like that. But I didn't have those choices at the time so all Mm -hmm. I knew what to do to make myself feel better was drink um so I didn't want to give up that substance that like the Mm -hmm. thing that the only thing that made me feel better at the time yeah it was like almost like your medicine yeah no it totally was and you know it it showed like to the public as like this fun party girl like atmosphere type of thing Mm -hmm. but it was something that I truly was like I need this to feel better Mm. that's really tough that's really tough um yeah and my mom had you know come to me a couple times asking if I needed help or yeah you know just just out of concern and even faced with that with the the loving kind like I'm here to help you it was still like denial it was mm-hmm. no I don't need help it was just that night meanwhile it's every night but that was the one time that she saw it you know um right. so yeah I, I went back to get my master's because that's again I, the college environment is where I thrived um yeah and I started doing the same shit all over again but <laughs> course you know Mm. Uh, and then fast forward I graduate get a job in New York City and that's kind of where it all came to a head you know New York Mm. really escalated my drinking okay Um, how so um well I finally had like a corporate as I say big girl job and um you know, I was about to love those big girl jobs. (laughs) I never thought I'd have one. My, you know, as a kid, I was like, I'm going to be a professional dancer. Like that was, and then COVID kind of derailed everything. And anywho, that's a story for another time. But, um, I mean, in New York city, you can get anything at any time. Um, Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it's it's a crazy place. And the nightlife here is insane. And I was subscribing to all of that. Yeah. Um, and just the same benders each weekend. Um, we're just getting exhausting. 
and I could, I kept doing the same exact thing, expecting a different result. And like, Mm. that's the definition of insanity. I was going, I was going insane. Um, Yeah. And I was just, I was just a sad person um, who was masking it with humor, with, you know, all the external things, you know, I had the job, I had the boyfriend, I had the beautiful family, I had all of these things. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was so depressed and so anxious, um, Mm. on the inside. And that's, that's why I kept drinking. Um, yeah. That's a good reason to drink. I can see why. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that makes, perfect sense right I I don't think there is a situation where it doesn't make sense for us to drink I think that's why that's why it's really hard because drinking is you know for people like us it's an emotional connection and most of the time it's hitting not just one or two needs or wants it's hitting like three four five seven eight nine ten right? Like, so it's really, it's like a strong connection. It's filling a lot of like holes and it's filling a lot of like different voids, if you will. Um, so yeah, it makes like complete sense. Like even admitting, like, did you ever for a second, because I felt the exact same way you did. Like, I felt like I had everything I was living in LA. I had like on paper stellar, right? Like, great. Everything was perfect. Right. Um, but I was so depressed and had such horrible anxiety and I didn't even want to admit that for a second, like I could be unhappy, let alone depressed, like big D. (laughs) Hmm. Um, like how did you even admit to yourself that you were depressed? Did you even know, like, were you even aware of that? Oh yeah. No, um, no, I mean, I blamed everything on my depression and mm. my anxiety. That is what I clinged on to. I was like, it's not, not the alcohol. It's not the drugs. It's my depression. <laughs> That's what I'm like rationalizing everything with. Um, okay. And yeah, I'd been in therapy since I was uh, in high school and medicated since I was, you know, in high school as well. So like, yeah. it was kind of the narrative that this was my my problem throughout it all um okay no so I I fully wore that as a badge of honor I was like this is my issue (laughs) this is my personality trait now like this is who I am a hundred percent yeah mentally ill fine with me alcoholic not okay no 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 no, no. couldn't be me couldn't be me (laughs) oh my gosh that's the insanity that was going on in my brain yeah I mean it's it's so funny like looking back and and listening to our stories and even telling our stories it's like oh yeah that's mm -hmm, that's how we connect the dots that that makes total sense now (laughs) oh my god having the perspective now it's like enlightening to like think about my past yeah have any tools yeah I mean but like it goes to show when you know better like then you can do better you just didn't have the tools like you said 
and didn't know maybe you necessarily needed the tools or that there was other options out there. I think we can all agree that anxiety is so 2023. Say peace out to anxiety and overwhelm with chill vibe gummies. Made with ashwagandha root, L-theanine, GABA, chamomile flower, and lemon balm, these gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO gummies are the perfect way to change your vibe naturally, and most importantly, safely. Whenever I tried medication for my anxiety, I was always hit with extreme side effects that made me feel paranoid or just completely numbed of all emotions, the good and the bad. Chill Vibe Gummies make you feel like you, just minus the anxiety. Go to vibegummies.com to get your gummies today. That's V-I-B-E gummies.com. Oh yeah, I mean, I fully thought my life was just going to be like, I mean, I don't want to say miserable because that sounds dramatic, but yeah, you know, just drinking and dealing with the consequences like on a weekly yeah. basis. Like that's what I thought my life was going to be like with some like fun and cute things in between. But you know, that was, yeah. that was going to be it. But also like <laughs> that, like growing up and like going through college and like getting your first like big girl job, like it's really confusing. I, I find at that time, because how old are you? You're like 26, right? Yeah. Yeah. I find at that time, like, that is kind of what adulthood is um, almost sold to us as, you know, like you're an, you're a grown up, you're an adult, like you can have an adult beverage, you can have, you know, alcohol, everyone goes out to like socialize with alcohol after work drinks, like, and this is what everyone does, just like how everyone in college or university, like parties their ass off and blackout drinks. Like this is like now the next level of adulthood and we're all just like coping with our adult lives. This is adulting. Welcome to adulting. Yeah. No, it's just branded as like more sophisticated, but like yes. it's not. <laughs> and more expensive. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. The amount of money yeah. I lost, I guess not lost, spent. Yeah. But terrible terrifying yeah but like now we know now we can do better now we know better we can do better so what what kind of was like the turning point for you you're you're going through life you're you're kind of checking off the list here everything sounds great looks great to everyone else but yourself um how do you kind of come to terms with the realization that maybe alcohol isn't killing it anymore Maybe alcohol is the problem. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, I I mean, there was nothing that was any different than the other weekends. Um, yeah. Everyone thinks it's like very dramatic thing. But no, I just woke up one Sunday where I usually woke up, you know, late, hungover, you know, so much anxiety trying to figure out what I did, said the night before. Um, and... At that point, I usually, you know, called my boyfriend or called my friends being like, why does this keep happening? Like, what what's going on? Just, mm. you know, being victim mentality always. Everything yeah. was happening to me. You know, mm. it was always mm. someone else's fault. And instead, yeah. I called my mom and I said, I can't stop drinking. I need mm. to get out of New York and I need to quit my job like I have to do all of these three things those are the only things I know um okay and 
she was just like okay sounds good um wow so (laughs) yeah no it was it was so great and the next day I took the train home I drank by myself one last night and um because I knew it was kind of the end like I was I was turning in my my jersey I was like let's do it right one more time and then that's it you know hanging her up um yeah so a classic grace night you know drinking two bottles of wine watching some trashy tv and eating popcorn for dinner that was that was it that was the last time and um I got home and we sat down and kind of ran through the options of what my next you know kind of plan was Mm -hmm. um and I ended up going to treatment for 28 days and wow that was an experience for sure Um, yeah like the best decision I ever made but um yeah I mean sometimes you just need to get out of like your regular routine and I think that's where sometimes treatment works for people to get them out like you need to kind of be separated from the toxic environment where you can just keep on doing and keep this pattern going, right? Like you don't really, it's like you have tunnel vision. You don't really see what else is like possible because you're so stuck in this loop, in this pattern. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was a cycle. I couldn't get mm-hmm. out of it. I was like, I'm a hamster wheel, just like sprinting as fast as possible. Yeah. Um. And... I just knew I needed to be removed like from, from all of that. That was the only way I thought I was going to be able to actually stop. And I wasn't physically addicted to it at this point. It was just like, I was mentally obsessed with alcohol. Uh, And I needed a place where that wasn't even an option, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Um, What do you think alcohol was fulfilling for you? This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when you put the work in to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all your relationships, whether with your friends, work, your significant other, or most importantly, yourself. My biggest fear is that I was unlovable, that something was just not good enough or deserving of love. My therapist has helped me to see that my thoughts are not necessarily the truth. Therapy has helped me overcome these limiting beliefs that were keeping me in unhealthy patterns in my life. We are our own worst critic, and I love that my therapist reminds me of how far I have come. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com A-S-G-G today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash A-S-G-G. That's a good one. Um, a lot of things. I mean, mm-hmm. it gave me the confidence I needed. It gave me the balls, you know, like it alcohol 
let me go up to anyone anywhere and say whatever I wanted, (laughs) which yeah, no, that got me in a lot of trouble, but, um, (laughs) Uh it also just like, (laughs) um, you know, it's, it soothed me too. It kind of just numbed me out from all the emotions, all of the the worldly pressures that I was feeling and all of the, you know, pressure I was putting on myself mostly. Um, Cause I'm the worst critic out of anyone of myself. Um, yeah. And it just stopped all of that, you know? Um, yeah. So, I mean, it was feeling a lot of things. Yeah. Those are some pretty strong strong um well big boots to fill for sure so what did it what did life look like when you came out of treatment so yeah I I took the suggestion that they had when I was there because I wanted to do it right and yeah I honestly know any better (laughs) so I moved into a sober living house in New York City okay so it was I lived with 10 girls who were all young women trying to get get and stay sober um and it was either that or move in with my parents like I was not going back to that old apartment Mm -hmm. that that was not an option for me um and I stayed at the sober living house for four months and kind of learned how to live in the world as a sober person like in rehab I hate to say it, but it's pretty easy to stay sober. Like, (laughs) um, you're definitely a little removed, right? Like what, what we talked about, like is needed, but like also like a little cushy. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and I was not ready to just be thrown back into it. Yeah. Like I I was, I was pretty fragile. I was crying pretty much every day and, um, that sounds about right. Like (laughs) little baby bird that was not ready to fly yet you know I they gave me the structure that I needed for those first like couple months of sobriety and Mm -hmm. got me into the communities that I needed to be into in New York City um and it was it was the best I met a bunch of it also made me realize that there are young women (laughs) that are trying to get sober and staying sober like in the city I mean in the country world but especially in New York because all I saw were people that look like me like drunk bitches on the street like that that's that those are my people um yeah you see what you seek so I wasn't seeking anyone other than those people um Mm -hmm. So once I saw all of these girls, I was like, wait, these girls are cool <laughs> and they're sober and um, they just got a rehab. Like, wait, I want, I want to be friends with these girls. Um, yeah. And it really just started breaking down the stigma for me. Like we can, we can do this, you know, like young people have so much life ahead of them and I don't know. It just, it just got me very inspired. And, um, that's when I started making TikToks and I lived at that house because I was, I was so excited, you know, to be so, to be sober. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's really cool that you found because it is, it's tough, right? Like we, 
maybe see people like on, on Instagram, but to actually see people in real life, like in real time in your same city, in your same time zone, in your neighborhood is so powerful. That's really cool. And I love what you've done. And like with TikTok, I think like you're so relatable and like young women watching you, I think can totally relate and be like, oh my God, maybe I'm not in New York, but I can be like Grace or I am like Grace or find some kind of like similarities, which is like, I think what we're all kind of looking for, we're all kind of looking for like our like counterparts because we're all not, we're not that different. Oh my God, no. The biggest the biggest lesson I've learned in sobriety is that I'm not unique. I'm not special. And that's, that, that's good. You know, that that's a benefit. You know, my story is not that unique. There are a bunch of girls that have stories like mine. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm crazy enough to tell the whole internet about it. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> And we love you for it. (laughs) Much appreciated. (laughs) No, I mean, like, seriously, in all like seriousness, like, it's really hard. And it's really brave of you to be posting all this stuff like publicly. And I, you know, sometimes the internet is a really fantastic, lovely, beautiful place. And then sometimes it's not so much. So, you know, I really appreciate all the content that you put out there and, you know, everything you are willing to share. I think it's really, really brave. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And if you don't have haters, you're not doing something right. So exactly. You're I- not going viral. <laughs> I mean, I kind of, I kind of love hate when I start getting like those kind of comments, because I know it, it, it's a couple of things. We're no longer inside the safe, sober girl bubble, right? That means, okay. And it's always usually a reel because real Instagram like loves reels. Um, so like we're, we busted out of the safe, sober girl bubble, right? So, okay. Now like more people, maybe people who aren't necessarily sober or who haven't, like sobriety hasn't even crossed their mind. Now we're like in front of those eyes, which I think is really powerful and really um, important to get out there. When you change your relationship with alcohol, you realize you have so many hours in the day. I love to dedicate my time to skincare and Osea makes me and my skin feel and look like a queen. Osea's clean, vegan, and sustainable body care is a glowing choice for achieving your body care and self-care goals. Whenever I use the Andaria Algae Body Butter, people literally stop me on the street. My skin is flawless and glowing, and I love the thick and unbelievably rich texture that absorbs instantly. Skincare is a habit worth keeping all year round. Osea can help your skin have a healthy glow every day. Because let's be honest, skincare is self-care. With over 27 years of seaweed-infused products, Osea is safe on your skin and the planet. It is clean, vegan, and cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Never choose between your values and your best skin. 
Start the new year fresh with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, we have a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code ASGG at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use code ASGG for 10% off. Oh, definitely. I mean, I am. I, but it comes I'm with backlash. I, I low-key hate the people that are, that that leave hate comments because either they they need to be educated. Yeah. Or they're just not being nice. And I'm, I'm, I usually respond too and <laughs> yes. either educate educate them or you know kind of humor them they're like i think you should just have a drink like it's just I'm yeah. like mm, not today but like i'll check in tomorrow like that's kind of my go-to just kind of like you know go with it you know yeah give them what they want totally i mean um, it's it's a fine line i oof. i do sometimes respond but then sometimes i'm like wait why am i wasting my time like who am i trying to change or like why am I trying to change someone's like point of view and if like I think it comes down for me like if someone can say something like publicly so mean and and like sometimes it's almost like downright atrocious like just gross right imagine what they are saying to themselves in their head like it's just so like I almost feel bad for them like if you feel like you need to like lash out and attack or like say something so like vile on the internet like it's the freaking internet like let's keep it fun okay like I can only imagine how you're talking to yourself or like how hard you are on yourself or like this is just a mirror this is a a straight up like projection almost Mm-hmm. that's sad that's sad bro it's <laughs> usually guys a hundred percent yes yeah yes. oh my god mm. <laughs> so grace how did you get into running i know you spoke of like being in uh like sober living and finding all these like communities what was running one of the communities that you were turned on to or how did that come about yeah, so I not a runner. Um, okay. Before I was sober, I had never run like more than a mile. So yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, it's kind of a petty story, but um, give it my to true me. color show. My um, my mom and sister are pretty good runners, and they have been their whole life. And um, they were signing up for a marathon. And they said, Grace, you could just do like the 5K or the 3K or whatever. And I was like, fuck that. No, I will be doing it with you and beat both of you. Um, Game on. I, <laughs> like, I am just way too competitive for my own good. Um, and it ended up not happening. Um I had mm. an audition that same day um, mm. and then the New York City 
you know, one came around and the company I work for has a nonprofit that raises money to send people to treatment for substance abuse and mental health. Um, And I said it jokingly, like, oh, I'm going to do that for sure. And all of a sudden I was signed up and, you know, then I was like, okay, I guess I have to start training now. Um, So I, I Googled, you know, first time marathon training program. Yeah. And I started following that. Um, And yeah, physically, I, I I was like in pretty good shape. Like it, I was fine. It was like the, the it was mental for me. Um, mm. I became shocking. I know addicted to running um, and <laughs> just like I started getting obsessed with my times and, you know, the distances and all the metrics that now I literally don't give a fuck about, but yeah. it took me a while to get there. Um, I'm, How yeah, did you I'm overcome in- that? Because I can totally see that, like, you know, you definitely have a very competitive personality and, like, that com- competition starts within yourself. So how did you kind oh, yeah. of go a little easier on yourself? Well, I, I cold turkeyed it. So I stopped okay. for, like, two weeks because yeah. I was just – it got to a point where – I, I wasn't fueling properly. It like, you know, it got into like some deep rooted shit, you know, um, mm. healthy behaviors. And I have a therapist, thank God for her. Um, mm-hmm. We kind of, we, we took a step back and um, I just, I had to reprioritize. Like, why am I doing this? You are mm. Grace. I had to like tell myself, Grace, you are not a professional runner nor have you ever run anything in your life. So I don't know yeah. why you're putting all this pressure on yourself. Yeah. Where's this was... expectation? <laughs> I do. I have too. no idea. I, I had to like, it looked like me like talking to myself and giving mm-hmm. myself just a reality check. You know, you're doing this for a charity that you believe so much in. You're yeah. trying to make, raise as much money as possible. You want to finish and you want to have fun like that. Those are the only reasons why you're doing this. Hmm. Um, and then I, I kind of threw the plan out the window because seeing the plan and not following it exactly made mm-hmm. my OCD freak out. Clearly I have a lot of issues, um, <laughs> but uh, so I just, you know, ran when you know, my body told me and when it felt good and yeah, um, I've just been kind of leaning into that and taking suggestions from people who have run it before. Um, and just giving it up to a higher power, like I'm, I'm going to finish and yeah. it's going to be a lovely day Yeah, and it doesn't matter what it looks it's like. It's going to be a fun little run. <laughs> Fun little but job. Yeah, the company I work for has community runs every Monday. So okay. that's how I came into like the running community. And, you nice. know, yeah. That's so fun because it, it looks like like such a strong community and everyone kind of like coming together and, you know, making running, like I said, 
look really good and really enjoyable. Like it looks like a good time. Yeah. I love that. Oh yeah. It's my favorite day of the week, you know? Yeah. You get like all your friends and also people you don't know just to come out and like go for a run together. That it's it's the best. And it's so simple. Like you don't need like fancy equipment. You don't need like you just need a pair of runners and like a road. Exactly. Exactly. I love that. Oh. Simple. Keeping it simple. Um, what charity are you running for for the New York Marathon? It's called the Release Recovery Foundation. Cool. Yeah. And so what what tell me tell me a bit about that. Like what does that sponsorship kind of look like? If you're doing the New York Marathon, explain to me how that works. Yeah, so we get a bib through the foundation and mm-hmm. then we're you know have to raise a certain amount of money. I I just want to raise as much money as possible, but all of the money goes straight to scholarship people that don't have the access or the means to get you know the treatment that I got um Mm. or substance abuse also mental health I mean whatever they need so people you know submit a scholarship um application and we filled we I also work for this company too (laughs) um over 45 this year already so people that couldn't afford treatment have gone and it's it's incredible um i was privileged enough to be able to do that on or not me my family to do that on our own but there are a lot of people that can't do that um yeah and so there this company is bridging the gap this foundation is bridging the gap so that we can you know get people the help they need because there's a lot of a lot of sickness going around yeah Um, definitely that's so cool I love that. Um, so the the marathon is this Sunday. Still have time yes. to put in some donations to help get those sponsorship filled and help people who need help. Um, where can we go to do that? Like, where can we find you on the World Wide Web first to maybe go through that? Yes. Um, so on Instagram, it's Grace Adams Four. Mm-hmm. And in my link tree is my Marathon Foundation um, sponsorship page. So if you just click that, it's the first link. You can donate as much or as however much you can donate. And um, and then on TikTok, it is sober, not boring. Love that. Yes. Definitely not boring. Grace <laughs> Adams, she's not a boring gal. <laughs> I love that. Grace, one more question for you. Anyone listening, what piece of advice would you give them to like, if someone's just starting their journey or kind of going through, you know, trying to change their relationship with alcohol, what is a piece of advice you would give someone? Um, I would say, uh, I thought my life was going to be over when I stopped drinking, truly. Um, and it has just begun. And I just think there's so much to life that you miss when you're consumed by drugs and alcohol. 
alcohol. And even if you don't have a problem there, like you can also, you can still look at your relationship if you don't have a problem. Like it is, it is work on yourself. It's work on your relationship with others that all gets affected by alcohol. Um, Mm. and yeah, I think there's just people to know that there's so much you can have, like, it sounds so simple, but you can have fun when you're sober. Like I have way more fun now than I did then. Um, because I'm there to experience it and to be present and to remember it. Mm. But it's hard to ask for help, but yeah. I promise it, it is worth it. Yeah, definitely. And everyone's going to take their own time. We can't rush anyone into it. So be Absolutely. patient, be tolerant, be loving. That's all I've got. Hmm. I love that. Grace, thank you so much for sharing your experience and your knowledge with us. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It's been lovely. How great is Grace? And I'm so proud of her. At 26 years old, she is changing her relationship with alcohol, and that's huge. Oh, to be 26 again. I'm sure we can all sit here and be like, oh, I wish I got sober sooner, or I wish I changed my relationship with alcohol sooner, but there's no better time than today. There's no better time than right now to change your relationship with alcohol. And we got your back at any stage of the game. Head to a sobergirlsguide.com now for our Sober Girl Social Club, group coaching, and our downloadable worksheets. We got your back at any stage of your booze-free journey. As always, thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to rate, subscribe, and leave your feedback about the podcast. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know a friend, a family member, a loved one who needs to hear this episode or any of our other episodes, please make sure to share it along. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at A Sober Girls Guide and head to asobergirlsguide.com now for tools and tricks along the way. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day.